Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am not a financial expert, so do not ask me your financial questions, okay? If you want to talk about news or politics or things that are going on in the, you know, in the world and Christianity, I would be happy to talk with you about that for sure. But if you want to talk about finances, wait until the second hour and call in with Shanna Burt. Shanna's going to be taking us through the second hour. So if you have your financial questions, make sure you cue those up. You can call in now and just know that we won't get to your call until the second hour, or you can wait until 10 o'clock and call in then and Shanna will get to you. Uh, Folks, as you all know, we've been following the situation in Ukraine. Uh, Just wanted to remind you all of that. If you haven't been caught up on that, I'm sure you have at this point, but Russia has invaded. This was the worst attack from one European power against the other since World War II. Uh, And, you know, from a historical perspective, this feels a lot like Germany in 1939. And, you know, it also feels a little bit like perhaps... Um, Russia is seeking to sort of regain some of its Soviet-era dominance. So some scary things there from a historical perspective, but we will be praying for that situation and asking you to do the same as well. We're going to give a little bit more in-depth updates later on in the show, both from myself and from Ian Patrick of FISN News when he comes on on our news hit at the top of the next hour. Uh, Folks, this is an evil act perpetrated by evil men. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, there are not only evil things happening throughout the whole world, but there's also evil that's happening in our own country. And one of those main uh, acts of evil that's being perpetrated is the evil of abortion. And we talk about that a lot on our show, but we just want to make that such a point of who we are, that we are pro-life. We are for the protection of unborn babies. And that's part of why we partner with the Ministry of Preborn. And I am so excited to have on the show with me today, Dan Steiner. Dan is the president of Preborn. Dan is a dear, dear friend of the ministry. He's a dear friend of mine. We're so excited to have Dan on today to give us a little bit of an update on what's been going on with Preborn. We had the privilege of having Dan on just a couple weeks ago. So we're having him on again a bit sooner than we normally would in our normal schedule. But we're excited to have him on. Dan, thank you so much for being on, brother. It's great to have you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having us on and for the wonderful things that we have done together, financial issues and preborn, uh, literally thousands, tens and tens and tens of thousands of babies have been saved together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had our best year in uh, 2021, and uh, that would not have happened were it not for the work of the man we're praying for, Dan Celia, there in the hospital. We pray for his quick release that he can take take back uh, the helm of the ship of financial issues Amen. that is such an important part of preborn's outreach to these unborn children and their mothers that are in, in distress. Mm. Amen. Dan, thanks so much for those words, brother. Just to kind of open up, Dan, you know, you sort of a lot, uh, just uh, alluded to it a little bit there. Can you give us just some of the highlights of 2021 for preborn. Um, you had said that it was a great, great year. And just for some of our listeners who maybe haven't been caught up, what was so great about 2021 for the ministry of preborn? Yeah, so this has uh, been a really great year for pro life uh, overall, 2021, with the heartbeat bill in Texas and with the uh, Dobbs versus Mississippi 
But uh, for us at Preborn, it's been magnificent. I'm happy to report that together, many, many listeners, hundreds of listeners on financial issues who have uh, underwritten ultrasound machines each month, $28 under, under ultrasound sessions each month, ultrasound machines. Many of you have underwritten machines for 15000 We're so thankful, and I'm happy to report the fruit of that. You know, it says in the Word of God that we might walk worthy of the Lord, uh, bearing fruit fruit in all good works. And that's what we're doing together. You know, it isn't just that financial issues, stewardship ministries, and Dan Celia talk about these issues, but we do something proactive about it in underwriting these ultrasounds and reaching these girls on the internet. And I'm happy to report that, uh, brother, in the last uh, 12 months of 2021, over 43,000 babies were saved, a small city of babies and mothers spared from the the pain and sorrow and regret of abortion. Uh, and so that's, that's point one, but it gets even better than that. <laughs> uh, in 2021, we had a record number of women that prayed to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior evangelist to abortion vulnerable women at preborn. That's who we are. That's what we do. That's our motivating deepest core value is that these young women who are 65% of them that come into our clinics are uh, single women, sexually active, pregnant, wanting an abortion. We're reaching out to not just pregnant, undecided, but abortion shoppers in the highest abortion cities of America. And the greatest need they have is a personal relationship with the chief executive officer of Preborn Ministries, which isn't me. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. If they could receive him as their Lord and Savior. I'm happy to report 7,900 of them uh, last year received Jesus as their Lord and Savior in one-on-one sessions behind the closed doors of the counseling room uh, and were able, therefore, to make a worldview change in their lives. This is why it's so important that they don't have the basis of truth. Well, you know, Jesus said they know the truth and will set them free from a life of a promiscuity of, sex, of, of broken relationships, potentially sexually transmitted diseases, uh, of unplanned pregnancies, of people pushing them to abort. You know, it just turns, flips it completely over. You know, a life of purpose and peace and, uh, you know, valuing of themselves, uh, waiting for that man that God sends into their life as the right man that would support them and not exploit them. So this is, you know, the, the, the outreach, the, the impact, the scope of the effect of underwriting one session for these girls where they can be imparted by a, you know, it might be a homeschool mom that's donating her time four hours a, a week into a, one of our pregnancy clinics or a grandmother that's donating her time in one of our clinics in the highest abortion cities, being able to impart to this girl uh, compassion that we care about her, not just her baby, and we're not just in for the fetus, or as the deep state would say, but we're in it for the, not just the baby, but the mother caring for her heart, befriending her. Sometimes, frankly, our, our, our counselors will go into the counseling room with the young woman. Uh, I mean, into the delivery room, follow her all the way through her pregnancy, even go into the delivery room with her to uh, be a support for her. And then cribs and car seats and baby clothes for two years so that that woman can have the support that she needs to choose life. It's one thing, you know, to say, well, you shouldn't have an abortion. It's 
you know, that's your baby, but it's another thing to say. And by the way, we're going to be here for you. Mm. Yeah, we're going to be here for you. So, amen. That's, uh, wow, a great year. A yeah, great year. Dan, that Long is answer to a short question. I, you know, honestly, I'm I'm a little bit speechless. That is just amazing. And what a testament to God's faithfulness. Folks, we're going to have Dan on in the next segment. We're going to talk more about that. Dan Steiner, president and founder of Preborn Ministries, with us here on Financial Issues with Dan Celia. I'm Seth Udinsky. We'll be right back after this break. Make sure to call in 610-363-1110. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Financial Issues with Dan Celia. Welcome back, folks. I'm Seth Udinsky sitting in for Dan Celia today on this Monday, February the 28th. We're so happy to have you with us here joining us today, being with me for this next hour. I'm excited to be here with you, and but you know, I'm even more excited uh, for our conversation right now. We've got Dan Steiner of Preborn on with us. Uh, Dan has shared with us just some immensely encouraging things about what Preborn has done in the last year. Over 42,000 babies were saved from abortion. But even more amazing, almost 8,000 mothers trusted in Christ as their Savior. That is just a total work of God. Uh, we are praising the Lord for that. I can't imagine just the amazing parties that, was ha- that were happening in heaven when those mothers trusted in Christ is truly, truly amazing. And just a testament, not only to the work of preborn folks, but to all of you, to you who have donated to this ministry, to have come alongside them. Really, really amazing. Dan, thank you so much again for sharing that encouragement with us, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dan, just uh, if you could give our listeners just a little bit more of some of the specific testimonies that you've seen uh, happen, you know, that God has done through the ministry of Preborn. Yeah, these are just so encouraging. In fact, uh, yesterday, no, the day before, no, it was last week. Last week, I, I met one of our patients. Her name was Aubrey. Aubrey was 15 years old when she got pregnant. And uh, her boyfriend, upon finding this out, was nowhere to be found, was, you know, cut and run. So she went and told her parents, or she's living with her step-parents. Her parents are gone, and uh, they summarily kicked her out of the house. So now she's pregnant and homeless. And uh, so she goes to live with her aunt, comes to our center. She's wanting an abortion. She doesn't know what she's going to be able to do with this babe. She has no support, nobody beside her, can't even live in her own home. And uh, so she went back into the ultrasound room and saw her baby on the screen, which is you're seeing a picture of a baby right now uh, behind me that is about the same age as her son, Eric, that was on the screen. And I got to tell you, when she saw that, her heart melted. She said, I can't 
I can't, I can't do this abortion. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm 15 years old. And the counselor personally owned a relationship with her from that point forward and walked with Aubrey, 15-year-old Aubrey, through her high school years. And uh, she just graduated here uh, recently and at the end of last year. And she uh, not only had a son, Eric, two years old now, but uh, two and a half, but also uh, has a full-ride scholarship to a law school or college. So she had within her not only the ability to be a mother. She's a great mother. Kids looking great, dressed clean, you know, loves him with all of her heart. But she also had the ability beyond that to make her life successful. So the lie that, you know, it's going to ruin your life, that these girls don't have the ability to do this, is simply not, not the case. It's just need somebody who believe in them, set them on the right path, which is what financial issues Stewardship Ministries and Preborn do in our partnership together with these young women. That's just one story, Seth, of, of many, many uh, thousands of stories that we have got that redeem the time. You know, what mm-hmm. Satan meant for evil, God uses for good in these mothers' yeah. lives. And to see these babies that otherwise could have been destined for a terrible demise, mm-hmm. see them smiling at you, looking through their clear eyes, it's just so encouraging. That's part of my job, frankly. Mm. Dan, that is just, that is amazing, brother. And, you know, it it brought to mind as as you were speaking, you know, the fact that preborn is not simply just about saving babies, but also about helping these mothers, right? I mean, you guys come alongside these young girls, many of whom probably are similar age to, to this young girl. I mean, 15, 16 years old, you're you're in high school. You're 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 you know still a kid, and I'm sure many of these young ladies face immense emotional trauma, perhaps pressure from boyfriends, pressure from parents. But you guys come alongside them in such a powerful way. Could you speak to that also? Yeah, it really is uh, the essence. It's so uh, Jesus, our boss, says it this way. You know, now by the faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest is love. Love wins. Love wins every time. If we'll just simply care, get out of ourselves and care for them, that's what your listeners have done in, in, in making it possible for us to uh, give these sessions to these girls in these ultrasounds. Um, I think of uh, Yuri, who came into our center in Miami, and she was wanting a chemical abortion. She was in an unstable relationship. Uh, her boyfriend was not supportive. Uh, they both agreed that abortion was the best option for them. And yet when she entered into the counselor and met the counselor, you know, a mother herself that just cared for her, was concerned about the situation she was in, was not condemning in any way, even though she was seeking an abortion. She just felt that something was different. And uh, she, though filled with emotions of fear about the situation, and she just couldn't um, help but weep and told the counselor abortion was the only option that she had, so she's pouring out her heart to this caring counselor saying that um, the doctor that she met, her own physical uh, physician told her she had a miscarriage, a full-term miscarriage, and told her she had a condition that probably, quote-unquote, would mean that she would miscarry this child, too, and she just couldn't bear the thought of going through another full-term miscarriage. And uh, 
yet when she saw the baby on the screen, she thought she was 10 weeks, but she was 14 weeks, and here was her son jumping up and down. She didn't even feel him in her womb, but there he was, jumping up and down. She says, bring, bring, bring my boyfriend in. So she brings him in, and uh, they started laughing at the antics of their son inside their womb, uh, calling to mommy's attention, the miracle of life. Now her tear-filled eyes were joined with her <laughs> boyfriend's tear-filled eyes, and, they, and he said, son, please forgive me for thinking about ending your life. And uh, so there in that next 45 minutes, um, the council led both of them in a, uh, a session to invite Jesus into their lives and have a, a new frame of reference that, and refer them to a church and uh, young mother's mother's uh, group in the church and and that, that baby's going to live. That just happened here a couple of weeks ago wow. in Miami. And so that's what we're doing together. Real people, real lives, real moms, real babies that otherwise wouldn't make it. They would die were it not for the faithful listeners. So many of you that have supported Freeborn, and we are just so thankful for that and wanted to personally express our gratitude mm. to the listeners of Financial Issues. Uh, it's a great partnership, Seth. Yeah. Dan, that's... You know, once again, I'm I'm fighting it hard to come up with the words just to explain. How, I mean, what joy! What amazing joy, folks! If you love Christ, if you love the gospel, how can you not love this? Like, how can you not love what this ministry is doing, fighting back against the evil of abortion, but even more so, fighting back against the darkness of sin? You know, these we're we're seeing babies saved, and we're seeing mothers and fathers eternally saved, and. I mean, I got to tell you, the, you know, the, the chances then for that baby to know Christ as well have to skyrocket, knowing that they're now going to have loving Christian parents who are going to raise them to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is a win-win-win if you love Christ and if you love the gospel. I mean, this is just really, really amazing stuff. Dan, you know, every time you come on, brother, I'm just more and more encouraged. And, you know, I want you to know, Dan, also, th this is a personal encouragement for me as well. Uh, I have an 18-month-old do uh, month daughter and an unborn son uh, right now. My, my wife is coming up on her 27th week. And just, just to think of how we love that child already and knowing that the work that Preborn has done is allowing children, just like my unborn son, to be brought into the world to know and love Christ. I mean, it is just amazing. It's really amazing. It really is. That brings it home close. Uh, mm. So glad to hear. Absolutely. Congratulations on that. Yes, thank you so much, brother. What it's, we're doing together is yeah, yeah. It's a magnificent thing. Absolutely, really absolutely. Dan, as we come to the close of our time together, can you just share with our listeners, you know, how can we continually be praying for the ministry of Preborn? You know, I know we tend to ask you that you so much. pretty much every much, you know, every time that we have you on. So I, I don't want that question to become perhaps trite, but I think it's probably the most important question. You know, how, how can we be praying for you? Yeah, for sure. We don't wrestle against flesh and war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, war forces, present darkness, spirit of death, spirit of death through abortion. Please pray for preborn. The abortion industry is changing. 52% of the abortions in America now are chemical abortions. They're finding their abortion online. The abortion clinic three years from now is going to be a woman's bathroom where she gets a chemical abortion there in uh, the quietness of her own home. It's a traumatic thing that women go through. It's a very dangerous thing physically for them. We need to engage the abortion industry online more than we ever have. 
We need wisdom. We need resources to do that. Um, it's a life and death struggle. The whole um, abortion atmosphere and uh, culture is changing, and uh, I believe it'll be turned back to the states in June this year. Mm. And uh, yes. that the deep states aware of that, and so they're uh, fighting online. You know, bringing their services online, telemed for these young women. Preborn needs to go there too. So we really need the prayers of God's people so that we can engage this uh, $1.2 billion industry, Planned Parenthood. Uh, yes. You know, it's a David and Goliath kind of a battle, but uh, the Lord's sufficient. And uh, we certainly, though, are thankful for and covet the, the prayers of God's people that we would have the wisdom and the resources and the, and the staffing and the technology uh, to be able to uh, capture this change that's happening in the abortion landscape throughout the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And uh, preborn is the cutting edge, the tip of the spear in this endeavor to be able to uh, be prepared for the changes that are afoot and trying to profit on these young women's misfortune. And uh, thanks to Dan Celia, who we're praying for, and wonderful listeners today. Uh, we're making great progress, if you heard. We're so thankful to each of you who are part of the preborn team with your support and especially, not facetiously, especially your prayers. Mm. Amen. Dan, thank you so much for that, brother. Folks, visit preborn.org. Make sure that you consider giving to this ministry. Make sure that you do that. Uh, this is an amazing ministry, a ministry that's not only saving babies, but that is that God is using to save souls. And Dan, I want to just tell you personally, brother, thank you so much, not only for being on the program today, but for your partnership with our ministry. We love you guys. We're thankful for you. And we're excited and honored to be standing shoulder to shoulder with you in this fight. It's amazing. That's the battle of our generation. We're glad that we're with Dan and you guys there are financial issues. This is awesome. Amen. Thank you so much, brother. Dan Steiner, founder and president of Preborn, on with me today. Dan, thank you so much, brother. We'll be back, folks, right after this. Make sure you keep your call up 610-363-1110. Financial issues with Dan Celia. I'm Seth Udinsky filling in for this first hour. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Six ten three six three eleven ten, folks. That's the number to call in. 610-363-1110. Financial Issues with Dan Celia. I'm Seth Udinsky. Excited to be with you 
for the rest of this hour and just so happy for all of you, uh, not only for your support of our ministry uh, and for your support of Preborn and our, and our other partners, but also your continued prayers for Dan. Uh, we are so thankful for that. We are praying for Dan every single day and we're so glad to have heard some good updates uh, over the weekend. So Dan is continually improving and we're thankful for that. And we ask you to just continue keeping those prayers coming. We believe that they're working. We believe that God is going to heal Dan. And so we just continue to pray in that end. And we ask you to join us as well. Folks, we just had an amazing conversation with Dan Steiner of Preborn. And I would encourage you, man, if you missed that, go back and listen to the first two segments once we have the uh, you know, podcast up. Uh, just some really amazing stuff of what Preborn is doing in the fight to save babies, but more than that, in the fight to spread the gospel. I mean, you know, I said it in that last segment, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you love the gospel, how can you not love the ministry of pre I mean, how can you not love what this ministry is doing? This is a ministry that, is, that is, has picked a specific battle that they're, that they're going to fight, a specific sin that they're pushing back. And in doing so, they are pushing back the darkness of sin, all by the power of God, folks. You know, this is, this, this is not a work of preborn alone. This is not a work of financial issues alone. This is a work of God alone. That God, in His goodness and in His love, has decided to use people like us. So I hope that it's humbling for you to hear that, to hear how you all, have, how the listeners of Financial Issues have contributed in saving the lives of babies and saving souls, knowing ultimately that it's a work of God. It's a work of God that He has brought us into and allowed us to enjoy and really have a piece of heaven. I mean, knowing that something that you did in your faithfulness by God's grace contributed to someone else's salvation is immensely joyful especially if you're someone who loves Christ and loves the gospel. So I'd encourage you, man, go back, listen to those first two segments, get a taste of what Preborn is doing. If you missed those, I'll just give you a quick recap here. In 2021, Preborn helped save over 42,000 unborn babies. Over 42,000 unborn babies saved from abortion. They were allowed the chance at life. And not only that, almost 8,000 mothers trusted in Christ as their savior. You know, we're, we're not trying to be like all about the numbers, like, oh yeah, more numbers means we're doing a great job. No, that's just a testament of God's faithfulness. I mean, praise God for those 42,000 lives who are, who, whose hearts are beating right now and for those 8,000 mothers who are going to experience eternity with Christ. It's amazing. It's just, re it's really, really amazing. And it's, it's hard, I, I apologize for harping on it so much but it's something that just brings me such joy, and I hope it brings you that same joy as well. You know, folks, we do need to continually be in the fight for the defense of the unborn. Uh, this, this sin of abortion is just such a darkness over our country. Uh, I've done some research on it over the last couple of weeks and found some numbers that are saying over 63.5 million babies is the number. That is the total body count since Roe v. Wade of babies that have been murdered in the womb. I mean, this is a genocide like of unprecedented proportions. Over 63 million babies murdered since Roe v. Wade. And perhaps the most shameful part of it is that some of the most powerful voices who are supporting this murder of babies are also people who claim, at least in word, to be pro-life. I'm thinking of President Joe Biden and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Two people who claim to be Roman Catholic. You see how your, your, your deeds are not matching your creed. 
You're supporting unrestricted access to abortion, yet claiming faithfulness to Christ? If I were Dan, I'd say, come on, man, seriously. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. We need to call this what this is, folks, honestly. Abortion is pre-birth infanticide. It's the murder of a baby. If you're thinking biblically, think about Pharaoh in Exodus when he decided to murder all the Hebrew boys because he was worried that the Jewish population was getting a little too big. God, in his grace, by the way, spared Moses out of that, and Moses ended up leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. Or think of King Herod in Matthew chapter 2 from the Christmas story. Herod was furious, absolutely furious, that Jesus of Nazareth could be the king of Israel over Herod and taking his place. So what did Herod do? He murdered all the baby boys under two years old in the surrounding region. Frankly, there's no difference between murdering a child in the womb and murdering them out of the womb. It's infanticide. That's what it is. And folks, we need to be fighting against this. We need to be praying against this and standing against this. Now, remember, we're confident in several things, though, okay? A couple things that we're confident in, even as we engage in this fight. Number one, I want us to remember this. Every single one of those murdered babies, those 63 million since Roe v. Wade and many, many more before that are probably undocumented, every single one of them, I believe with all my heart, based on the testimony of Scripture, is safe in the arms of their Savior. That should not in any way give us an excuse to say, well, since they're going to heaven, we just shouldn't worry about them. No, 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 no. This is a sin that's being perpetrated against these babies and it needs to be stopped. But that can give us a comfort for our souls and comfort, especially perhaps for mothers who have had an abortion and then realized the sin of it and repented of it and are experiencing grief and heartache from that. Those babies are safe with their Savior. But we also need to remember as well that God is doing a mighty work in saving lives and saving souls. And I love what Dan talked about with those almost 8,000 mothers who have now trusted in Christ. You know, folks, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of critics of the pro-life movement say things like, all you guys care about is the baby. You don't care about the mother. You don't care about the baby after they get out of the womb. Preborn says, no, no, no. No, 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 no. They are counseling these young mothers and helping them and showing them grace and picking them up when they fall. You know who that sounds like? Jesus Christ. That sounds like Jesus. That's what Jesus does for us as sinners. Preborn is doing this for these young mothers who are faced with a terrible choice. Some of them are being pressured from their boyfriends. Some of them are being pressured from their fathers, God forbid, to kill their child. And Preborn is stepping in and saying, no, 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 there's another way. You can do this. By God's grace and in God's strength, you can do this. It brings back Dan's testimony that he shared of that precious 15-year-old girl who was so terrified, but the preborn counselors came around her and helped her and gave her the encouragement she needed to say, you can be a mother, and she's thriving. And her child, who was spared from abortion, is also thriving. Folks, this is, this is great, great news. 
this is great news. And I encourage you to go to Preborn, to consider making a donation and to be praying for this ministry, especially now in this climate, as we have some important cases in the Supreme Court that are currently in the works right now that could strike a big blow against the abortion movement. We're praying for that. We're praying hard for that. Praise God for the ministry of preborn. And folks, I want to say also, praise God for all of you. You all are what makes the ministry of financial issues happen. It's your faithfulness to listen to this program every day, especially now knowing, you know, you folks that are listening right now, you know you're getting me. You know that you're not getting Dan. You are not getting the main course. You're at best getting like a bowl of cereal compared to the main course. But you have faithfully listened. You're faithfully giving. And we thank you for that so much. If you followed our ministry at all over this past weekend, you know that we spent a considerable amount of resources and time at CPAC 2022. And man, I would encourage you, if you missed any of that, go to FISMnews.tv and click on the CPAC tab and you will get all of the interviews that Sam Case did. Sam did a great job. He's a really good news reporter, by the way. He just did an amazing job with a bunch of different interviews from congressmen, congresswomen, uh, Project Veritas people. Just amazing, amazing stuff. We also got a, some great live coverage of the, of the speeches. Ron DeSantis' speech, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump's. Make sure that you go back and see what happened at CPAC so you can be up to date on what's going on in the conservative movement and also in the political climate of this world today. Folks, the gospel is going forth through the ministry of financial issues, and it's not any of us. It's God doing the work, and he's doing it through you. So personally, I am so thankful for you. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for praying for us, for supporting us, and please consider still doing that supporting this ministry in the way that God leads. You know, just, just like Dan, I, I don't want to be self-serving. You know, I don't want to be someone who says, oh yeah, you need to support us because we're so great. No, you need, to, you need to give to us what the Lord tells you. And even if it's just a $5 donation, that's so good. So please consider doing that, folks. Please do. In our next segment, everyone, uh, we're going to just transition a little bit, I wanted to share just a bit of encouragement with you in regards to the situation in the Ukraine and how we can perhaps respond to that in a biblical way. So as you all know, we've talked a lot about Ukraine. We are praying, praying, praying for those people in Ukraine, those innocent people who are currently under attack from an evil enemy. As you all know, Russia has invaded Ukraine. As of right now, the Ukrainians have not given up. And boy, that, that, that is really encouraging. That should be an encouragement for us as Americans too. Seeing their resolve, they are fighting a much more powerful enemy, but they are holding their ground. They're holding fast. So we need to keep on praying for that. I'll give you all just a little bit of updates on what we can be looking at in Ukraine as we move into this week. Financial issues with, Seth, with, with Dan Celia. I'm Seth Udinsky sitting in for Dan. Make sure to keep on praying for Dan as we keep his seat warm here, knowing that he'll be back soon. Call in at 610-363-1110. We'll be right back after this break. Don't go anywhere. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. 610-363-1110, that is the number to call in. I would encourage you all, queue your call up right now. If you queue it up now, you will be the first in the queue when I hand things off to Shanna in the next hour. She'll be taking you through your financial questions and uh, just so thankful for her. Man, she is incredibly knowledgeable, incredibly wise, and a great, great friend. We're so thankful to her, and I'm excited to be able to hand things off to her uh, at the turn of the 9 o'clock hour into the 10 o'clock hour. But for right now, folks, thanks so much for joining me today. Financial Issues with Dan Celia. Seth Udinsky filling in for Dan. Keep on praying for Dan. We ask you to keep on doing that. We're trusting that the Lord is going to heal Dan, and we're thankful for all of you. As I said in the last segment, we couldn't do this without you. So thank you. Keep the prayers coming. Uh, Folks, as you know, we're keeping an eye on the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Just wanted to give you a couple brief updates if you haven't followed it over this weekend. Uh, On Friday evening, witnesses reported hearing artillery rounds and intense gunfire from the western part of Kiev. It looks like Russia has reached the borders of Kiev, the Ukrainian capital. Uh, Putin is urging the Ukrainian military to overthrow leadership and negotiate peace whatever that means. So uh, Russia and Ukraine are in fact right now discussing uh, a, a possible ceasefire between delegates. Ukraine is demanding a ceasefire. We're going to see if Russia gives that to them right now, folks. Uh, we've heard reports also that relations between Russia and the West are approaching the point of no return. That's some scary stuff. You know, as we said back in the first segment, um, it, it, it seems almost like Russia is returning to that era just before I was born, that Soviet era of being kind of our mortal enemy, you know. Uh, So we are keeping an eye on that, praying against that for sure. As of right now, folks, the body count, Ukraine has said that it's somewhere between 100 and 200 people have been killed. Uh, We're not sure exactly what that number is. Late last week, that number was right around 137. So I'm not sure exactly what that number is, but we'll keep an update on that. Perhaps Ian Patrick will have a little bit more for you on the specifics of that when he comes on for our news hit later on in the next hour. Um, You know, folks, this Ukraine-Russian conflict has really, I think, given us a great example in the people of Ukraine of what it means to hold fast, to stand fast, to not give up. I was so impressed with the report that came out from Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, who was offered basically an escape by, sure enough, the U.S. President Joe Biden. Biden urged him to get out of Kiev, to get out of Ukraine. And Zelensky said this, he said something like, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. 
You know, I need to fight. I need to be able to defend myself. I need that help. I don't, I don't need an escape, President Biden. So it is really an encouragement to see these people. They are holding fast. The latest report I've seen is they have not given up the capital city yet. So we need to be praying for them. You know, in that same mind, folks, uh, I was encouraged yesterday when I was in church. My, my uh, pastor spoke on, you know, this, this topic just for a brief moment. It wasn't the topic of his sermon, but he spoke about the idea of praying the imprecatory psalms. And if you know your theological terms, you know that the, the imprecatory psalms are basically the psalms of God's judgment. It's praying God's justice and wrath coming down on evildoers. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but maybe, you know, if, if, if you are, perhaps these imprecatory psalms make you a little bit uncomfortable. You know, sometimes, sometimes they, they do me. Uh, praying in what seems like such a harsh way, it almost doesn't feel biblical. But we have an example of this. There are multiple psalms where the psalmist, oftentimes it's David, is praying for God to administer his justice on evildoers. That's really what that word imprecatory means. It's just praying justice upon the unrighteous. And I believe, folks, with all my heart, this applies to the situation in Ukraine. It also applies to what we talked about earlier with abortion and really any injustice that we see. Let me give you an example of one. Psalm 58 is an imprecatory psalm. This is a psalm of David. And he says this, Do you really speak righteously, you mighty ones? Do you judge people fairly? No, you practice injustice in your hearts. With your hands you weigh out violence in the land. The wicked go astray from the womb. Liars wander about from birth. They have venom like the venom of a snake. Like the deaf cobra that stops up its ears. That does not listen to the sound of the charmers who skillfully weave spells. God, knock the teeth out of their mouths. Lord, tear out the young lion's fangs. May they vanish like water that flows by. May they aim their blunted arrows like a slug that moves along in slime, like a woman's miscarried child. May they not see the sun. Before your pots can feel the heat of the thorns, whether green or burning, he will sweep them away. The righteous one will rejoice when he sees the retribution. He will wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. Then people will say, yes, there is a reward for the righteous. There is a God who judges on earth. Folks, this is simply a prayer for God's justice to be administered on the unrighteous. I believe with all my heart that you are well within the bounds of biblical fidelity to pray in this way. And specifically in the situation in Ukraine to pray in this way against the evil men who perpetrated this attack. I would say to also pray in this way against the evil men who stepped back and allowed this attack to happen. And I'm thinking in my mind again, we mentioned this last week, of the guy who two years ago said he's the only one who can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Putin. That, of course, was President Biden. I said this last week, Putin has made his move, President Biden. We need to be praying for God's justice. In the same way, folks, we need to be praying for God's loving hand of protection over the innocent Ukrainians. Oftentimes in these imprecatory psalms, 
you see David imploring on his innocence or crying out for God to uphold the cause of the innocent. That prayer of protection for the innocent goes hand in hand with the prayer of justice for the wicked. So we need to pray in that way. But folks, we also, and here's where it becomes really important for us. When we pray this way, when we ask for God's justice to be brought down on the unrighteous, let us not become haughty in thinking that we also are totally innocent, right? Never forget, Christian, that you also deserve divine justice, as do I. If you are a Christian, that means you have been spared the burning flood by the grace of God. Christ was the one who took the wrath of God on his shoulders in your place. So be humble. Be sober-minded. Don't get so haughty. Don't look down your nose at the wicked. As you pray for God's justice to be administered on them, remember that you yourself have been shown grace. And pray ultimately, folks, this is perhaps the hardest. Pray for the salvation of those involved. I know for me personally, it's very easy for me to pray for the salvation of the Ukrainians. There are people who are being attacked right now. They're under fire. And oftentimes when we're under fire, we, the only place we can look is up. And we see the Lord. And we pray that for them. And absolutely we should. But you know what? We also need to pray for the salvation of the perpetrators. The salvation of President Putin. We need to be praying that these men would understand their wickedness. And in that, they would repent. To repent literally means you're facing one direction and you turn the other direction. These men need to repent of their evil ways and we need to pray in that way. Knowing that God, who can bring any dead sinner's heart to life, can do this for these men too. And ultimately, folks, you know, our, our example that we look towards in praying for our enemies, we don't find any better example than Jesus. Jesus was the one who said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Folks, I think if you can pray in that way, it's really going to orient your heart around faithfulness as you think about the situation in Ukraine. Pray for God's justice. But pray for God's justice in such a way that you don't become haughty. And ultimately, pray for God's grace to be shown in salvation. In many, many sinners coming to Christ in repentance and faith. Folks, this is why we're here. This is why I believe in the ministry of financial issues. This is why all of us are here. This is why Tyler is standing behind the camera right now and everyone's in the control room and the news guys are working on the news because we believe in the gospel. We believe in the good news. And we want people to know it. We want people to know that they are wicked sinners who cannot save themselves. And in Christ, they can experience freedom and salvation and joy. In this life and in the next. We need to be praying for that. We need to be orienting our hearts around the gospel. The truth of the gospel.
Folks, we're coming up on the end of our hour here, and I just got to say again, thank you for being with me for this first hour. It was a joy. I had a great, great time. Thank you again to Dan Steiner for being on with us in those first couple segments. Make sure to be praying for this nation. We need to be praying fervently that God would bring glory to himself, that he would bring us out of darkness, that he would bring us into the light of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Shanna Burt is coming on in the next hour, folks. Cue your call up right now, 610-363-1110. Shanna will be ready to take those calls for you. She'll be taking us through the whole second hour. Have a great day, everyone. Remember, everything we have is his. Let's be a good and faithful steward. Until next time, I'm Seth Udinsky, filling in for Dan Celia. We'll be right back after this break. Financial issues with Dan Celia. We will never compromise our principles and standards we will never give away our freedom. We will never abandon our belief in God. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. We in America should be grateful to God for the blessings he's given us. Don't let anyone tell you that America's best days are behind her. We have got to fight for this nation because I believe with all my heart this nation is in fact one nation under God. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt. I'm sitting in for Dan Celia this morning. Continue to pray for Dan and his family as we are seeing evidence of the Lord's goodness as he continues to heal Dan and um, show signs of progress there. But continue to pray for him. He still is in the hospital and recovering. So um, we are going to have Ian up for a news hit today uh, to tell us what in the world's going on in the world. And tomorrow I have a special treat for you guys. I'll be back live with you. And David Moore with Timothy Partners is going to be coming on tomorrow during this hour, and he'll be live with me. He is one of the co-creators of the Timothy ETFs. So make sure that you tune in tomorrow for that. But for now, uh, let's hear what's going on from Ian. Hi, Shanna. Good to hear from you again this morning. And uh, yes, thank you for mentioning at the beginning, too, just to ask for prayer for Dan and Yvonne. It is encouraging to see that things are looking up, and we are grateful to see what God is doing in that situation. So thank you for all your prayers and continue to pray for them. And uh, real quick, I just wanted to uh, congratulate the team that was down at CPAC 2022. We sent about half of our FISM nudes team down there to do some recording and get some 
uh, exclusive interviews and other content. Again, I've been saying it sort of all throughout the weekend. We did some live uh, coverage of some of the speeches. Uh, we did one for Governor DeSantis. We did one for Ted Cruz, for Donald Trump, for Donald Trump Jr. Uh, you, can, you can see the articles written about those speeches, and you can see all the other interviews that Sam got to do while he was down there by going to FISMnews.tv and clicking the little CPAC 2022 button. You have to scroll down a little bit as soon as you get to the webpage. But as soon as you see that button, you click it and you'll see all of the CPAC coverage we have. There's some really great stuff on there. Uh, with that, I will now go into the news coverage for today. Obviously, still the biggest story that we've been covering is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It has now entered its fifth day today, and that followed a night of heavy bombardment and intense street fighting in Kharkiv and Kiev as Ukrainians fight desperately to retain their hold on the capital. There have been reports that the government is actually arming the civilians and telling them to fend off Russian troops. And there have been reports of civilians doing such things, uh, creating homemade bombs and such to uh, deter Russian uh, troops from getting into the capital or getting further into the capital. Uh, meanwhile, delegates from Ukraine and the Russian Federation met for talks on Monday morning near the Belarus-Ukraine border. We are waiting to see if there is anything coming from that. Uh, there, President Zelensky of the Ukraine was a little hesitant to meet with any delegates right off the bat, but he decided to send a delegation team in order to start talks to see if Russia would perhaps agree to a ceasefire of sorts. That is at least what Ukraine is looking for. Uh, meanwhile, a senior U.S. defense official said that Russia had fired more than 350 missiles at Ukrainian targets since their invasion began on Thursday, and some of those missiles have indeed hit civilian infrastructure. Now, by late Sunday, Russian forces had managed to take control of Berdyansk, a Ukrainian city on the Azov Sea coast, but the invasion has gone reportedly slower and reportedly been more difficult than what Putin had envisioned. Again, that's not confirmed that that is the case, but reports have suggested that Putin expected this, this invasion to go much differently than how it has been going. Uh, the latest reports also suggest excuse me, that 350 of Ukraine citizens have been killed in the invasion since it has began, and that does include 14 children. So we also ask that you pray for the citizens of Ukraine and for the people who are caught in the crossfire during this invasion. Also, just another note on this topic before we shift away, the United States on Monday shuttered its embassy in Belarus and also allowed non-emergency employees and family members to depart from its embassy in Moscow. So that's some of the big news coming out from over the weekend, specifically on the Russia and Ukraine story. Um, I want to go back to CPAC a little bit because we also have a little bit of coverage from there that uh, came out just last Sunday, actually. 59% of attendance at the CPAC conservative conference want former Republican President Donald Trump to be the party's 2024 presidential candidate, at least according to the straw poll released on Sunday. Now, this is something that I've spoke with Sam about during the live coverage of the speeches. The straw poll is sort of the indicator for what Republicans and conservatives especially are looking for in the next candidate. Now, underscoring the unparalleled sway that Trump enjoys over the Republican base, his closest rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, actually got 28% of votes at CPAC. And this all comes as a Washington Post and, New and ABC News poll, excuse me, put Biden's approval rating, President Biden's approval rating, at only 37% a new low for the president. So obviously some big numbers coming out of here. I did see a tweet from Sam this morning, actually, uh, where he did say that historically, whoever is the runner-up in the CPAC straw poll 
typically becomes the GOP candidate in 2024. So if that historic trend were to continue, we could possibly see Governor Ron DeSantis become the next presidential candidate for the Republican Party. Again, not confirmed, but that is something that has historically happened and will be continuing to watch. Um, we have a lot more coverage that I wasn't able to get to today, but check out the news tonight at 7 p.m. on FISM.tv slash watch to uh, view it. We have a lot more coverage for you. Shanna, back to you. Sorry about that. I was muted there. We are coming up on the Ag Report here, and uh, we will be taking some calls live when we come back. If you need to reach us, the number is 610 This is Craig Hallgard with your Financial Issues Ag Update for February 28th. Well, on Friday, the corn market was weighed down by sharp losses in soybeans and wheat. Traders remain focused on the two dominant stories of South America and Russia-Ukraine. In South America, Argentina's corn crop improved by 2% this past week to a rating of 21% good to excellent, but that's still 9% below where that crop was rated a year ago. While additional crop losses in South America are still a possibility, the increased chances for rain in that uh, continent weighed on the corn market on Friday. With Ukraine commercial ports closed, buyers will need to look for alternative outlets. Now, Ukraine is the third largest largest exporter of corn, so this could push more business to the U.S., and that was supportive on Friday, and we have a story that traders watch very closely in the coming days. At the close, we had May futures 34.5 cents lower, settling at 6.55 and three quarters. Soybean prices absolutely collapsed as they are pressured by sharp losses in soybean oil, as well as improving chances for rain in South America. Prices drew additional pressure from traders taking profit after the recent run higher. Now, longer term, most traders believe that we'll see another cut to the Brazilian and Argentinian bean crop projections in the USDA's March 9th supply and demand report. Also friendly to prices is the Ukrainian situation, which could disrupt shipments of vegetable oils. Now, Russia and Ukraine together combine to make up nearly 80% of all sunflower exports. And of course, sunflower oil is a competitor of soybean oil. At the close, the May futures were 69.5 cents lower, finished the session at $15.84.5 per bushel. Wheat has been a real roller coaster ride. After being locked limit higher on Thursday, Chicago futures were locked down the expanded limit on Friday. The war trade premium appeared to shift to risk off with a mix of technical selling, discussion of diplomatic talks, and indication that global buyers would continue to accept Russian wheat, all weighing on the wheat market on Friday. Here in the U.S., the weekly export sales number of 19 million bushels was above the range of expectations. In fact, it was nearly double the 10 million bushels that we need to average each week to reach the USDA's annual export projection. At the close, Minneapolis May futures were 60 cents lower, closing at 960 and a quarter. Kansas City dropped by 75 cents to close at 891, and Chicago futures were also 75 cents lower, ending the day at $8.59 and three quarter cents per bushel. Cotton futures followed up Thursday's key reversal lower with another lower close. At the finish, May futures were down 53 points, settling at 118.63. Livestock futures were mixed. April live cattle were down 37.5 cents to settle at $141.92.5 per hundredweight. April feeder cattle were 95 cents higher at $164.75 per hundred. In April, lean hog futures dropped by $1.85, closing at $103.67 per hundred. Class 3 milk futures were hit hard. At the close, we had March futures 61 points lower, settling at $21.90. And meat cutout values were mixed. 
Choice box beef ended the day 97 cents lower, closing at 258.27. Select boxes were 86 cents higher as they settle at 255.41. And pork carcass cutout values dropped by 81 cents, ending the session at $113.32 per hundredweight. This has been Craig Haugard with your Financial Issues Ag Update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt. I'm sitting in for Dan Celia on this February the 28th. Uh, I am a financial advisor in private practice. Securities are offered through GA Repl and Company, a registered broker dealer and investment advisor, members of FINRA and SIPC. Well, thanks for tuning in and, and listening to Seth give us some great information about stewardship and what's going on in the world and, you know, the real issues. <laughs> he had Dan Steiner on talking about abortion, and that was great. So if you missed it, you can always get it on the phone app. You can go back and listen. So since this is Financial Issues, I'll be live here with you for the next 45 minutes for the rest of this hour. If you have a financial question, you can call in. But let's take a look at some financial issues. So last week, in spite of all of the volatility, the market closed up. <laughs> surprised to hear me say up? <laughs> if you listened to the news last week, you might be surprised because it was it was very dramatic. You know, the market was up, the market was down. One day uh, on Thursday, I believe it was, there was an interday swing in the NASDAQ of about 7%. And when we listen to all that, it can certainly make our heads spin and we can kind of lose sight of where we were. So for the week last week, the NASDAQ gained 146 points or was up 1% in spite of all of the volatility. Right now, the Dow is down eight-tenths of a percent, almost giving back all of that. Um, if you sold out of the market on Wednesday last week when it hit the interweek low, you missed a 7% plus recovery by the end of the week. So we are firmly down into correction territory. The NASDAQ is down 12% uh, year to date. And since it's highs in November, it's down more than 15%. The S&P, which is a little bit broader index and a little bit less uh, influenced by technology, was uh, added last week, too. It was up 35 points, or eight-tenths of a percent, ending at 4384. Uh, this morning on the open, it is down 1.3%. So still right at uh, less than 9% down year-to-date and a little bit more than 10% since it's November highs. So last week, and we didn't get to get to it, but Vanessa asked a question on social uh, about recommending stop losses. So I hope she's listening this morning, even though we didn't get to get to it. Um, she says she doesn't have any set up, but she plans to be in the market for 20 more years at least and she trusts the advice that Dan gives. So, Vanessa, I think the question is not so much when we get out. So if you're going to set limit orders, it means that you're thinking about getting out, and you're going to set that up to automatically happen at certain levels. The bigger question is you have to know when you're going to get back in. If you get out, you have to be right twice. You have to be right about when you get out and when you get back in. 
So one study I read, and this was going back to the end uh, to the end of 2015, it said that investors who panic sell during previous downturns, so that was before then, including the financial uh, crash of 07-08, uh, more than 30% of investors who got out didn't get back in, even years later. So what are the ramifications of that? Well, if you go back to 1930, if you missed in the S&P and you missed the 10 best performing days out of every 10 years, so 10 days out of 10 years, your total return would have been 28%. That's not in a year. That's total return. However, someone that stayed invested through the ups and the downs may have had almost an 18,000% return. 28% versus 18,000%. That's a huge difference. Um, the other issue is what are you going to do if you don't get back in right away or while you're waiting to get back in? If you go to cash and you were spending your dividends and income to fund your lifestyle, where is that money going to come from? Well, you're either going to have to cut your spending if you can. I would say most people who are living off of the income from their portfolios aren't really in a position to do that. I mean, what are you going to do? Stop, you know, cut your food consumption, not put as much gas in your tank. Um, what are your other options? Well, you're going to have to spend some of your principal. And then that means that you're going to have less money to invest later when you decide to reinvest, which is going to create less income. And it's a snowball effect, just perpetuating that. So if you, if you do decide to cut your spending, what are you going to cut out? Food, gas, utilities, <laughs> taxes. Are you going to not pay your utility bill during the winter? You going to uh, ask the government to let you wait to pay your taxes um, when the market comes back up? I don't think that's going to go over too well. Uh, most likely, it's going to be your discretionary spending. It's going to be travel. It's going to be entertainment. It's going to be those things that you don't really have to spend money on. What about your giving? Is your giving going to get cut? A lot of times that seems like the most logical place to do it. Oh, you know, I don't, I'm not really going to see any consequences. I'm not going to be hungry if I stop giving. I'm not going to not be able to use my car if I stop giving. Um, and I have good intentions. The Lord knows my heart. I'll pick that up later. Well, you know, good stewardship is more about what you're doing with your money um, than how much money you get to keep. So, you know, is it is it better stewardship to stop giving and move to cash and preserve what you have? Or do you want to continue being obedient in what the Lord has asked you to do? You know, if you live in the world's economy, you're going to be subject to the way that it works. If you live according, you know, Jesus said, if you live according to the sword, you'll die according to the sword. That's what he told uh, Peter, you know, when he went to cut off the, the soldier's ear. And so if you live in the world's economy, you're going to be subject to the way that it that it works. And there are real spiritual laws in play here. One of those laws is reciprocity. That's a big word for reaping and sowing. And you know, one of the things that you can count on is that if something doesn't or a seed doesn't get sown, it'll grow into nothing. <laughs> well, 
what happened to the manager in Matthew 25, uh, the story of the talents, right? The third manager that the that was given an account had buried his talent. There were three managers and they were all charged with taking care of some financial resources for the master while he was away. Well, he buried it. So guess what? It didn't perform like a seed that was buried. Money that's buried is not going to grow into anything. A, a seed, on the other hand, that's buried will. So the money did nothing except stay the same. It didn't produce any fruit. It didn't produce any fruit that the manager could have used while he was waiting for the master to come back. It certainly didn't produce any fruit for the kingdom. And more importantly, it didn't produce any fruit for the master. It did nothing. Well, almost nothing. It did reveal the fear that was in the servant's heart because that was the excuse that he gave when he gave an account and said that that's why he buried it because the master was a hard master and he reaped where he hadn't sown, not subject to the, to the laws of, uh, of the world. And he was afraid, so he hid it. It also revealed the apathy in the servant's heart about the things that the master cared for. You know, it wasn't his, you know, he kind of got that point that it wasn't his. So he's like, I'll just bury it and ignore it until the master comes back. Then he can have it back and do what, what he wants to do with it. So the other spiritual principle here is the law instituted at creation. You know, when the father, when God, the father made creation, he created seeds, he created plants, he created every living thing, right? Well, one of the principles that he said in creation was that things would reproduce after its own kind. So if you sow an apple seed, you're going to get an apple seed, apple tree. You're not going to get a peach tree. When you sow financial seeds, on the other hand, I'm going to suggest that you're going to get financial fruit. When you invest kindness in someone else, you're going to get back kindness. On the other hand, if you invest anger and rudeness and hate and uh, apathy towards somebody, you're going to get that back too, shaken down, pressed together and overflowing. So when you sow financial seeds, you're going to get financial fruit back. So speaking of good stewardship, last week we heard uh, a, a partner, Dave, called in from Iowa and he shared a very um, great testimony. He was almost in tears as he talked about, you know, how the people in Iowa, when they come together, when, when there's a neighbor in need, they come together. So if it's, if it's uh, seed time, they come together with their tractors and their resources and they help the person who's not able to sow their seed for whatever reason. If it's harvest time, they come in with their harvesting tools and they help them. And, you know, it reminded me as he was talking about the early church and, you know, the the responsibilities that Jesus gave to the early church, how they came together and they were so much concerned about their brother. You know, that's what Jesus told us to do was to stick together and help each other out. And then we had Shirley that uh, made a comment on social last week and she echoed what Dave said. You know, Dave said, hey, why don't while Dan's out, you know, while Dan's down, let's let's partners, let's listeners, everyone that's benefited from all that Dan has done for us. Let's come together and let's sow some seed into the ministry. 
You know, if you're doing $10 a month, maybe do $20 a month this, this month. Um, Dan has done so much to help us all out and his heart for the Lord is what drives it all. So, you know, let's continue to pray for Dan and pray that he comes back quick, but let's make sure that the money and the financing of the ministry is one of the things that he doesn't even have to look at because, you know, love isn't what we do. It's the reason that we do it. So, you know, we can force ourselves to do a lot of things just because we think we should or whatever. But when we really have love in our heart for our brothers and our fellow believers and those that we are called to walk alongside of, love is the reason that we do it. So I'm just going to echo that and encourage that. And, you know, don't forget to support the ministry when you're doing all of your other giving so that, you know, that's one less thing that Dan really has to worry about when he comes back. So um, we are going to be going to break here in just a minute. When we come back, we are going to take some calls. If you've got questions, you can post them on social. You can also, if you're watching on the website, post them there and we'll get to those. So I'm Sheena Burt sitting in for Dan Celia and we'll be right back after this. Joining us again on Financial Issues, I'm Sheena Burt. I'm sitting in for Dan Celia today, and we are live for the rest of this hour. We're going to take some social questions, comments, and some calls. So, Seth, what do we have on social? Yeah, Shanna, we got a lot of good stuff here on, on social. Just once again, folks, I echo what I said in the first hour and what Shanna said here. Thank you for your prayers and for your encouragement, and keep them coming. Linda on Facebook is saying, good morning, FISM family from Basilla, California. Thank you, Linda. Awesome. Augie good morning. From Thanks Gap, for being text. such a faithful watcher and listener. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And speaking of faithful watchers and listeners, Augie from Buffalo Gap, yep. Texas. Continued prayers for Dan, Yvonne, and the rest of the, S- uh, the FISM team. Thank you, Augie. Yes. Uh, Robert on Facebook from Athens, Texas saying, agreed, Augie. Yes, continued prayers and praise that he is getting better. Also, remember to vote here in Texas. It is time to set the stage and get that rhino habit out of office. <laughs> yes, be a good steward with your vote. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yes. Uh, Ector on Facebook is saying, Miss you, my brother Dan. God bless you, brother from Salt Lake City, Utah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then Kathy on the website saying, Rejoicing in Dan's progress. We continue to pray for his healing and his fa- and his and his family's strength, and if God is willing, his return to FISM. Thank you, Ian and Shanna, and all of you for your faithfulness to have Dan's back during this difficult season. And then Shanna, I love how you speak words of life over every situation. I can hardly wait to hear what you will share today. You are <laughs> precious and wise too. Amen to that, Kathy. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy. I appreciate that. And Seth too. Seth is doing a great job. He is I know you can't see all of his hats, but he's producing, he's filling in for content. He's still doing the news. So continue you, to pray Shana. for Dan, of course, and for all of us that are keeping his seat warm. It's a, Amen. it's a very, very, very large undertaking. <laughs> Amen. Yes. So we have a call. Let's hear from Daniel. Daniel's calling us from North Carolina. 
Hello and good morning. Good morning. I just had a question about dividends. Um, when a company pays out dividends into your money market account, would that be considered a taxable event or does it actually have to go into your personal account? Uh, it really doesn't matter. So I'm assuming that you're talking about a non-qualified account, like not a IRA or a 401k or uh, an account that has special tax treatment. But if you just own a stock outright in a in an investment account, then it is taxable when it is paid. Okay, so when it goes into your money market in your personal investment account, it's a taxable event. Right, because what gets tracked and reported every year, you're going to get a 1099 form, just like you do from your bank when you get interest. Um, it's reported when it happens. So same thing with dividends. They can't really track, you know, when you spend, if you're going to spend it or if it's going to a different account, that's uh, really cumbersome. So it is taxable as you collect it. Okay. And one quick question about that same subject. Now, when a company actually reinvests the same, when they give out a dividend and reinvest it um, automatically instead of putting it in your money market, it's the same uh, scenario, correct? Same scenario. So the 1099 is going to report everything that was paid regardless of where it went, whether it was reinvested, whether it was spent, whether it was sitting in money market. All right. I greatly appreciate it. And that's all I have. Great. Thanks for calling. So folks, if you have a question, you'll be the first caller in the queue at 610-363-1110. And we've got about 20 more minutes to get to your questions if you have one today. And I see that we have a question on social that just popped up. Yes, we do here, Shanna. This is a, uh, another Kathy on the website saying, Shanna, can we give from our RMDs a charitable contribution as our tithe on a monthly basis? Or is that done only once a year? <clears throat> well, Kathy, that really depends on how your custodian allows you to process those kind of things. So just keep in mind, too, that an RMD... Uh, is a required minimum distribution that you have now. It used to be when you were 70 and a half, you were required to take money out. Now that age is 72 if you hadn't already started. So because it's a qualified account, the government makes rules on it and they say how much and when you have to take money out. Um, and I'm assuming that because you have an RMD, that you are at least 70 and a half and qualify for a QCD. So a QCD is a qualified charitable distribution. And what that is, is that's when you use your IRA and you send money directly to a nonprofit organization. So those are kind of the keys there. You have to be 70 and a half to be able to do it. And whenever you send that money out directly from the IRA to the nonprofit organization, there's a place on your tax return where you can indicate that and you get to get it out tax free. So that is a huge thing. That's, you know, giving money away is really the only way that you're going to get money out of those qualified plans. Um, and whether you can do it monthly or all at one time is totally up to whoever is processing those distributions. So I know that there are some companies out there that will give you a checkbook and they will allow you to write checks. So if that's the case, you can do it whenever you want. So if you were used to writing a check out of your checking account once a month to your church or once a week, however you do it, then you can do it that way. One of the things that you need to check into is how they're going to handle the 
tax withholding when you use those checks. A lot of times um, they they just kind of use a default, whatever you have on file. So if you normally withhold 10 or 15 or 20 percent on your uh, distributions from your account, they're going to apply the same principle to those checks. So not that big of a deal because, I mean, it's just going to mean that you get you know, more money back from the government later if you overpaid because you didn't really owe tax on that distribution. But um, you can do it monthly or weekly. Uh, we prefer because there's uh, always some kind of paperwork when you do a distribution from a uh, retirement account. It's a check if you're writing the check. And if you're using, uh, you know, a financial advisor or something like that, um, or if you're calling directly to customer service and requesting that distribution, there is a form that you have to sign. So we prefer to do it once a year, um, once a quarter at most, just because it, it it takes up a lot of time. But, you know, you can do it either way. All right. Anything else on social? Nothing yet here, Shanna, but I just encourage our listeners once again, make sure you post those questions up on social and we will get to them as soon as we can. All right. Or call in. You'll still be the first caller. Yes. Calling in is better. So, yeah. Over the, what are <laughs> gas prices doing, Seth? Yeah, Shanna, they are just keeping on going up and up. And you know, it certainly makes sense with everything that's going on in Russia and Ukraine. But today they're at $3.61. That is yeah. about as high as I think I've ever seen them in my memory. You know, I, I know at times they've perhaps been higher, but man, it is just really high. Uh, one week ago, they were only at $3.50. Three cents a month ago, they were at three dollars and thirty six cents. I mean, they are mm. just spiking. And obviously, you know, a year ago they were much lower. They were two dollars and seventy two cents. So we're just seeing these prices continue to rise. Shanna, I don't know what it's looking like for you down in Texas, but I know for us up here in Pennsylvania, it's just really, really hitting my wallet hard. Uh, paying three dollars and seventy five, three dollars and eighty cents a gallon for gas, and it is just brutal. Really is. Yeah, we're a little bit insulated because I live where all of the big refineries are. So okay. it's um There you go. Our prices don't tend to rise as fast as some of the other places, but they they definitely are higher. You know, and that's because of where we are with oil. I was just looking at that. Oil is at 95.54 up 4.3% today. So, you know, a lot of the experts or the analysts are are calling for $130 a barrel oil. And it was interesting over the weekend, uh, I saw an interview that Jen Psaki did, and she was saying <laughs> that green energy is still the answer and that the Keystone Pipeline doesn't uh, reduce reliance on, on Russian oil. And then, you know, she kind of flip-flopped at the end and and said, talked about how important it was for us to be energy independent. Well, golly, that that. That sounds like a place that we've just come from, right? We were energy independent under Trump. And, you know, speaking of oil prices at, you know, flirting with $100 a barrel right now, um, we did see oil go negative, you know, at one point in time. It was just a, a fluke. But you, do you remember, and maybe maybe you don't even know, but when oil went negative, Trump filled up our strategic reserves. He put $75 million barrels of oil in when the price of oil went negative. Now, the strategic reserve is supposed to be used in emergencies to defend our country. And, you know, now you're hearing the Biden administration talk about and has released oil from the strategic reserves. 
so that um, Americans don't have to pay as much at the pump. Well, you know, that only impacts gas prices very, very short term. But, you know, go ahead. And, you know, that only impacts gas prices really short term. So, you know, it's those same gasoline prices um, that are <laughs> impacting his uh, approval rating, which is in the tank. You know, the she said the Keystone pipeline doesn't influence the, the, the transportation for oil, but Keystone was transportation. And when you look at the supply chain issues, you know, that we're having, um, now that we don't have the transportation of oil in from Canada, the truckers have to do it. You know, so she also it mentions that uh, energy independence. And so that got me looking at the rig count. If green energy is still the answer, why have rig counts been going up in the last year? In the last year, rig counts have almost doubled. <laughs> so what is all this talk of green energy? I mean, it's I mean, of course, the rig count is down since right after the election, but it wasn't, and it's not as high as it was under Trump. But what happened? Was that just theatrics? You know, all this talk of green energy, but now reality is hitting, and we realize that we, this country still runs on oil. So I'm Shanna Burt. I'm sitting in for Dan Celia. And we'll be back right after this next break. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Thanks for staying with us at Financial Issues today. Uh, I am Sheena Burt. I'm sitting in for Dan Celia, and that disclaimer goes for me as well. My opinions are my own and don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the station uh, that you're listening to. So we do have some calls. We're going to go to calls. Uh, let's hear from Charles in Arkansas. Thank you so much for your ministry. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Charles. Hello? Thanks for calling. Oh, hey, so I have a couple of general questions. One is, if you're jumping into the market, is there, throughout the week, Monday through Friday, is one day generally better than the other days? And is uh, one day generally worse than the other days. And the same thing for the year is one month generally better and one month generally not. Um, the short answer is no. Um, with all of the volatility going on this week, I mean, short term, what's going to be impacting the markets is going to be a lot of news. So, you know, if the news sounds really positive, then it's going to make the markets go up. Most likely if the news sounds really negative, it's going to be go down. It's going to make the markets go down. And, you know, we don't really know. We can't predict that on the short term basis. We can't, you know, I mean, we're dealing in Russia, we're dealing with, you know, probably a madman over there. And it's hard to predict his logic and to say, you know, what's going to happen in such the short term. But I can tell you that, you know, if you have a long-term perspective and you look out 10 years or 20 years, it's not really going to, and, and you are getting in the market, let's just say last week, it wouldn't matter if you did it, you know, at the low of the market or at the high of the market. It mattered last week if you, if you got in at the low uh, of the week and stayed in through the end of the week, you would have seen over a 7% increase for the week. But to go from that point, whether it was the low or the high of the, the week, 
to 10 years out, it's not going to make that much of a difference. And as far as the time of the year, I would say the same thing. I mean, things tend to slow down in the summertime as people take vacations and things like that. At the end of the year, you're looking at, you know, money managers and institutions doing window dressing. So, I mean, you can see trends um, if you look over the years. But then again, the the disclaimer that we talk most about in this industry is that past performance doesn't guarantee future results. So it's best just to take a disciplined approach. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. All right. Thanks for calling Charles. Let's hear from Kay. Kay's calling us from Oklahoma. Hi, Shannon. Thank you for sitting in for Dan. We've been praying for him. Hope they can come back soon. Amen. I do appreciate ministry. I listen to you all often. Just that I'm not um, good at um, investing. So I do have, I'm still working, and I still have um, about $200,000 that's managed by Vanguard in my company. And the financial advisor is doing that. And did tell them to go a bit conservative. Uh, I think it was like two years ago or last year. can't remember. So... I have a separate account, which is an IRA with Fidelity. It's about 50000 and I put it into CD. So I'm not sure I'm doing right with all this. Okay. And so the question is, is that the right thing to do? or? Yes, yes. Well, I think you have to take a holistic approach to your asset allocation um, strategy. So you want to look at all of your investable dollars. So that means the money in your 401k, the money in your IRA, and you want to have one strategy. That's going to be uh, the best thing to do. So if the $50,000 in a CD in your IRA represents 10% of your overall holdings and the rest of everything is invested, and you know, let's say that you're going to Uh, retire sometime in the next five years, then yeah, that's probably just a a fine thing to do. But if the $50,000 in your IRA represents um, 90% of all of your holdings and your goal is for growth, then that's not going to go a long ways towards accomplishing that goal. Okay. Um, So uh, I'm planning to retire about maybe two and a half years or three years time. And mm-hmm. I don't need um, the money because my husband is still working. So I wasn't sure because um, I thought maybe don't invest the 50000 since I'm, I don't know what to do with it. And um, with my um, goal to retire, I thought um, maybe down the road I have, almost, I have more free time and then, then look into um uh, the Timothy plan and stuff like that. Right now, I'm so busy. So is it okay just to leave it as it is? Sure. I mean, you never want to make a decision without being able to spend some time uh, doing some research to make a good decision. And, you know, I think a lot of times that we just end up where we are because we make decisions uh, in the short term, just, you know, based on one thing or another. 
rather than sitting down and looking at the overall allocation of our portfolio and being really strategic. So I think if you don't have the time to do it, maybe you do rely a little bit on your financial advisor if that's someone that you trust and that you're uh, equally yoked in what you believe about uh, the approach to investing. But if you have the time, you know, spend some time looking at your portfolio and really considering, you know, what do you need? Do you need to just preserve the money or do you need it to grow? That's really going to push you in the right direction. Sounds great. And another question I have for you, if you don't mind, um, is my, my husband. He's working. He'll be working many more years, like seven or so. Or so so um, I help him out because he doesn't. Um, border with his investment. So I put his into a like um, allocation fund, which is 20, now it's a 2025 fund for him. He's mm-hmm. about 63 years old, 64 years old. So I put it into his fund as, as well as his IRA, the same fund. So is that okay for him? Um, it could be. Uh, I know that th- that doesn't really answer the question directly, but the way that those target date funds work, so if he's going to be working for seven more years, the allocation that they believe is best is one that's um, set up based on the year. So what you would want to do, um, a 2025 fund assumes that the person's going to be retiring in three years, right? Because it's 2022 right now, they're going to be retiring in three years. So the asset allocation is going to be much more conservative. Well, not a lot, but I mean, it's going to be more conservative than say a 2027 fund. So if if seven years is when he's going to be retiring, you would really want to look at doing a you know, a 2029 fund if he's going to be working for seven more years. And that's going to really put him in the allocation that is appropriate for him right now. And the closer that he gets to retirement, that those allocations start becoming more and more conservative. I see. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Really appreciate ministry. I'll be praying for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Let's take one more question if we have time and go to Daniel in Florida. Uh, Good morning, Shanna. I've got a question about charitable charitable gift annuities. I was wondering, if is it better tax-wise to wait until I'm 70 and a half to start giving uh, or to fund the charitable gift annuity if I'm not itemizing tax deductions now? Um, so if you're not if you're not itemizing the tax deductions, then um, it it doesn't really matter if you wait until until you're seventy and a half to to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking uh, when I'm seventy and a half, I can uh, start taking uh, uh, money tax free out of uh, out of. IRA account for to fund a charitable gift annuity. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, so um, I don't know that you can make the, I don't think you can make the, the distribution directly to the charitable gift annuity. You're going to have to, I think, take the money out and then try to fund it. So that may not work exactly right now. I'm not a tax professional, so I, you know, that's my disclaimer there. But when you start to receive income from the charitable gift annuity, um, part of that money comes to you, come comes back to you tax free as well. Right. 
Right. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for calling. Well, folks, we're coming up on the end of the show here. Um, There's some things that we're going to be watching this week. We hope that you'll tune back in uh, to to watch and to listen. The financial issues that we're going to be looking at tomorrow, the ISM Purchasing Managers Index is coming out. Uh, Reading above 50 uh, indicates that the economy is expanding. The experts are predicting a a reading of 58. Um, We're also going to be listening intently to Biden's State of the Union speech uh, tomorrow night and to see what all is said there. The Fed is going to be pretty active this week. On Thursday, Fed Powell is giving a testimony to Congress, and there's also two other Fed governors speaking this week. So uh, a lot of things going on uh, in the financial world that we'll be keeping an eye on and keeping you up to date with. I also have a special guest coming on tomorrow with me during this same hour uh, from 9 to 10 Central Time tomorrow. Uh, David Moore with Timothy Partners is going to be coming on. And David is one of the co-creators of the Timothy ETF strategies. And with the markets, you know, kind of going crazy like they have been into correction territory, he's going to tell us how those enhanced strategies work and whether any of the triggers have been triggered yet. So if you have questions about how those ETFs work, maybe if they're right for you, tomorrow is going to be a great time to tune in and listen. And you can even call in and ask your questions tomorrow. So I just encourage you to stick with us, continue to support the ministry. And I'm Sheena Burt sitting in for Dan Celia. We'll be back tomorrow. Jesus said, go sell all that you have, give it to the poor, take up the cross, follow me. It's not your money I want, I want your heart. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. 